0: it's time to take the quiz five questions five minutes a day five days a week take the quiz every weekday at the fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did play share and of course listen to the quiz at the radio
1: that makes you think this is the brian kilmeade show hey welcome back it's always great to have ian bremer on the president of your asia group and author of the new york times bestseller the power of crisis ian welcome Hey, good to be with you right. Hey, uh, Ian, let's before we go any further, let's um let's talk about what's happening in Ukraine. We understand another hypersonic missile was knocked down by a patriot. And when I asked Admiral Stravitas that last week, he said, basically, we got lucky. What's going on here?
0: Um, I, you know, there was a question of whether the hypersonic missiles are actually being launched at hypersonic speed or just have that capability. I've seen the military um u s. military analysts asking that question. Obviously, it's great that we have the Patriots stood up um, in Ukraine. They have been able to contest uh, the skies and inbound. We've seen a lot of missiles getting knocked down that otherwise would be hitting Kiev and civilian infrastructure. And so, I mean, Ukrainians are alive today that wouldn't be uh, because of the defenses that are being stood up by the United States and allies. It's a really big deal. And uh, I'm personally gratified that we're doing it.
1: What about the long range missiles the UK are given?
0: Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, I've had conversations in the United States recently that um, the uh, the view in the Biden administration is that Putin's red lines are not on on what he'll do if the U.S. Uh, and, and allies provide military equipment are not to be taken seriously. Um, in other words, there's much less concern that if we are giving advanced missile systems, tank systems, advanced aircraft. We're not gonna we're not gonna hold back on that because we're scared that Putin is going to take some kind of escalatory measures against NATO. And that was not the view, say, six months ago. So in part it's the gloves coming off, in part it's the boiling frog. You get used to the temperature going up and then you do the next thing and then you do the next thing. But the Ukrainian government and the president himself have also privately Guaranteed the Brits that they would not be using these new missiles to target um, uh, inside Moscow, Russian yeah. territory itself. In other words, Crimea, sure, occupied Ukrainian territory, yes, Russian equipment in all those places, yes, but no, but not going after centers in Russia, which you know is something that the Brits had been and have been uh, concerned about.
1: Does that mean attackems? American attackems? longer-range missiles could be next? They go past HIMARS?
0: I think so. Uh, but I know that part of the problem with the Brian, is the feeling that the Americans actually didn't have suitable numbers to start sending them over. So I can tell you that the Americans were perfectly comfortable with the U.K. system being sent to Ukraine that that was discussed before the decision was made um, and and I expect that if the numbers are if it's considered that there isn't a problem just in the production lines I fully expect that the Americans will also provide
1: that'll be interesting how the the bear you know NATO can't lose here and uh, there's just no way it, there's they can't lose the ramifications would be uh, catastrophic don't you agree
0: Um. I think what's clear is that the Russians can't win. Um, If you ask me, I mean, the definition of winning and losing is so critical here. So I, I, I don't see a scenario in the near future, in the foreseeable future, where the Ukrainians get back all of the land that has been illegally taken by Russia not just since February 24th, but since 1994, Uh, I mean, excuse me, since 2014. Um, I I don't believe that that's likely to happen. But I think that Ukraine is going to get massive funds to reconstruct its country uh, post-war. I think that Ukraine will get security guarantees from NATO allies, a la what Japan gets or Israel gets, that will help ensure that Russia will not get a second bite at that apple. I think that sanctions uh, against Russia will stay very high and they will be economically punished for what they've done. I think some of Russian assets will be seized and that have been frozen before and will be used for reconstruction. And I also think that Ukraine will be brought into the European Union. So if you add all of that up with the courageousness of the Ukrainians fighting against Russia for the last 14, 15 months now, um, that to me... Doesn't feel like NATO is losing. That feels like Russia's losing. And that feels like Ukraine is, you know, getting back on its feet again. And, but Ian, and again, it, some,
1: but yeah. right now, as of this moment, they have 17 percent of the Ukrainian land. I
0: Correct. mean, the Ukrainians are
1: about to go on a counteroffensive. Yep. What is tolerable?
0: Uh, well, look, none of this is tolerable. I, I mean, eight, 8 million refugees is not tolerable. Tens of thousands of war crimes, not tolerable. The, uh, 40,000 Ukrainian civilians dead, is that tolerable? Brian, I think you and I would say that's not tolerable, and yet the Ukrainians have had to deal with it. Um, I do believe that the Ukrainian counteroffensive will lead to some significant land being retaken. There are right now three different um, defense, defensive lines that have been set up by the Russians dug in in Ukrainian territory. And NATO leaders believe that in the counteroffensive, the Ukrainians will be able to break through one or perhaps two of those lines, which will bring them closer to breaking the Russian land bridge to Crimea and will allow them with an easy artillery distance to continually threaten that land bridge, and that would put Ukraine in a meaningfully better position if negotiations were to start on the on the back of that counteroffensive. Is that tolerable? I mean, Brian, you and I are not in a position to say what's tolerable for the Ukrainians. I think we can both admit that.
1: Right. So the Chinese now, uh, uh, we're not. We don't have a problem with the Chinese trying to broker a peace deal. Now how why the Ukrainians would ever agree to peace when they're on the precipice of their counteroffensive, I don't know. Are you comfortable with the US just acquiescing this role?
0: No, I'm not comfortable with an acquiescence. I am comfortable that if we get to a point where negotiations are going to start and the Ukrainians need to be on board with that obviously since they're the ones whose land we're talking about, then I believe that you're not going to have any negotiation that's effective with the Russians if no one is talking to the Russians. And the Americans are not talking to the Russians. The Germans, the Brits, the Canadians, they're not talking to the Russians. The people that are talking to the Russians are the Turks, the Chinese, the Indians, the United Nations Secretary General. And and the Chinese have expressed a willingness both to Putin as well as to Zelensky. To play a role, and you know when when Xi Jinping belatedly phoned up Zelensky after his trip to Moscow on the anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster, they spoke for an hour and and the Ukrainians did not reject the idea of a Chinese role in eventual discussions and eventual negotiations. So I, I think if the Ukrainians are okay with that, um, realistically speaking, I, I think that the United States and NATO, uh, need, need to facilitate it.
1: Well, they yeah, they are, they are clearly the influential person uh, country for Russia, but to sit there as the referee to me doesn't seem uh, logical. Uh, no,
0: you're right. Look, Brian, they can't be they can't be the referee. Yeah. In the sense that they are not in any way honest brokers. But I mean, the United States isn't an honest broker on Israel-Palestine, but we have historically believed that the United States still plays a critical role in trying to bring those countries together. I would not trust that any peace deal brokered solely by the Chinese would have any possibility of succeeding between Russia and Ukraine. I also believe that the Chinese are likely to have a role to play. And what the difference is between those, those two very different outcomes, I suspect, is going to be a matter of very significant discussion, including a discussion that has already started between uh, the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, and his counterpart in Vienna, uh, the Chinese, uh, last week.
1: How do you feel about us getting back into talks with a country that sent a spy balloon over our countries, threatening us for uh, entertaining the Taiwanese president that is infiltrating into South uh, Central and South America like they've been doing? Uh, and now when they decide that they don't want our secretary of state in, it seems like we're begging them to talk. Do you like that stance?
0: I, I, I don't trust them, um, but I also think that we need to be engaged. I mean, with the when the Americans and the Soviets in the depth of the Cold War, we were talking regularly and I don't like the idea that for the last two and a half years during the pandemic, there was virtually no regular communication between the two largest economies of the world. We don't have to like each other, but we have to engage. Um, and it's not just because we need to work together on climate change for the good of humanity um it, it, it's also because we have issues that we need each other for. Uh the US China trade today, Brian, is at its highest levels in history. And that's not because we like China, that's because we get a lot of stuff from the Chinese and they trade a lot with the United States. It's not no matter what you think, it's not about to go away. So, you know, the idea that you you know you could be married to somebody, you can really dislike them, you can really distrust them, but if you've got kids, you're going to engage with them, right? And that's kind of the way we are with the Chinese right
1: now. But how you get in gives you the leverage or not. So now we're engaging. They've refused because they said, well, we don't like talking uh, if because when we talk, we don't like the way you're acting. So whatever that means as you uh, in Chinese philosophy. But when you look at what they're doing, too, what we're trying to do with our CHIPS Act, they're now trying to become their own provider when it comes to CHIPS. Will they be able to pull it off?
0: don't know. Um, I mean, you talk to the leading experts on semiconductors in the United States, and they are of different minds on whether the Chinese will be able to catch up in the some like two to three generations they are behind with TSMC and America's allies, let's say South Korea, the Netherlands right now, China's way behind. The Americans are belatedly putting big investment into building out um that industry in the u.s and we also need to go beyond that we need to invest better in stem education and we need to invest better in visas for the talent that we need to staff uh these factories so you need the ecosystem you can't just build the plants because if you have the plants but not you know the line for the people that are going to work them we're going to have problems and we've ignored this for 20 years lastly We've allowed we've allowed this industry to get hollowed out from the U.S. We did the same thing on semiconductors that the Germans did with gas and basically gave that national security to Russia. We're finally addressing it.
1: And we and, and Taiwan. And lastly, how much damage was done in the last 45 seconds to the Russia U.S. relations because of this whole uh, this whole Russia investigation into Trump? Now we find out between the Durham probe and others that it didn't. There was no there there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm obviously, I was never comfortable um, with this notion of Russian collusion. I mean, there were people uh, like uh, Trump's old electoral advisor that had close, to, you know, illegal connections with the Russians, but there was never evidence um, that, uh, that Trump personally was involved in that way. And I thought that that was. Uh, made clear uh, by the Mueller report, but belatedly, it is obvious that there were political efforts to drive that conversation, and that was inappropriate, and I'm glad that finally came out.
1: Yeah, damage was done during that time because no talks were taking place because nobody trusted each other. Ian Bremer, always great. Thanks so much, Ian. Take you fine. Time.